This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. This Irish man stands with America. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Hello, America. I'm back. This is the Freedom's Disciple podcast. I am your host, Jonathan Dunn. This is the show on the Blaze where you come for the action and you stay for the principles. Happy New Year, America. It's 2017. I hope you all had a, a nice, a wonderful, a peaceful, a joyful Christmas and are excited for the new year. I know I am. I've been, honestly, I'm so pumped to get back behind this microphone. Um, it is a week later than I originally planned. Apologies for that. Just um, a lot of crazy stuff happened over the last two weeks, three weeks of my life. And I want to share some of that with you today. But it's just been crazy. And But I'm back. And I'm behind this microphone. And, and honestly, I'm excited. And I'll tell you why. If you've been following this show for the last six, seven months, you'll have seen me and heard me, you know, talk about different things and probably share some frustrations with you um, in the run-up to the election because I felt that anything we discussed just got into this, got into the the atmosphere and into the world and everyone just looked at it through political glasses and, you know, your agreement or disagreement for some, was based on whether you were a supporter or, or a backer or, or you know, what they would say, a hater of Donald Trump. So I took a, ha- I hate us for all of October. I just, I didn't want to be around that atmosphere and I just didn't feel I could contribute anything. And then, no offense, but uh, in the run-up to Thanksgiving and the run-up to Christmas and the run-up to New Year, I just didn't think it was the right time to start talking about principles and, you know, digging deep into what I want to talk to you about this year. But it's a new year. So the election is over. Donald Trump is going to be president in sometime this week. I think it's Thursday. The, we've, we've given thanks. We've celebrated Christmas and now it's a new year. Now it's back to business. And it is back to business because we have a very short period of time to make an influence. I was having a meeting with someone else the other day, and, and we just realized it's 14 months till primary season. Um, that's how little time we actually have to discuss issues. So what is going to happen? What do I plan to happen this year on this show? Well, I'm going to talk to you about that today. I'm going to lay the groundwork for future shows. I'm not going to hit you with a lot of heavy philosophy today or a lot of deep principles. But I do have a lot I want to talk to you about today that I think is equally important just to lay the foundations. I want to talk to you about New Year resolutions. I want to talk to you about the culture you live in. I want to talk to you about the culture I live in and how they're becoming very much the same. And I want to talk to you about what you can do, how you can make a difference in your country, and what the motives of this show is going forward. 
I have a lot of things I want to say. With that being said, by the way, apologies for my voice. Um, it's January. It's Ireland. It's cold. It's wet. It's miserable, which all adds up to the equation of me being sick. Um, so uh, I, uh, you know, for all the ladies out there, um, you know, I, I just ooze sexiness right now because if you come near me within ten feet, all you smell is Vicks. So you know, ladies, that's what you know that impact it has on you. It's just incredible. Um, I, I love it myself. Um, so it's just constant. Uh, I'm trying to just get better. So apologies for that. My voice does sound a bit off. So let's dig into some of the first top topics I want to talk to you about. And I want to talk to you about laying the groundwork for New Year's resolutions. You know, no matter who you are in life, some most people will do a New Year's resolution. Some of them will be the usual things that you hear all the time. Oh. I put on so much weight over Christmas. I want a new year, new me. New year, new body. New me, new, new year, new me, new dress. New clothes. Some people, you know, set a goal. I want to read so many books this year. I want to make so much money this year. This time next year, I want to have a kid. You know, New Year's resolutions. We all make them. Or most of us do. You know the difference, the one question you need to ask yourself before you make any New Year's resolutions to be successful in my opinion. And it's a question that is never asked. And that question is quite simply this. You want to do something in 2017. Perfect. Do you believe something better can happen? That is the one question that we need to answer truthfully. If we want a better 2017 or better 2018. Because here's the truth. In many ways, a lot of us don't think something better can happen. You know, when you just take something simple. People had a good Thanksgiving, had a good Christmas, had a good New Year. And then they all of a sudden realized, you know what? I need to lose 10 pounds. I need to lose 20 pounds. I need to lose 30 pounds. I want to be a better looking person in 2017. And it sounds great on New Year's. Sounds brilliant. New Year, new me. Come on, let's go. And then as the, how should we say, the New Year attitude becomes, meets the daily grind of life that we know every day. We get back to work. You know, we've taken down the Christmas tree. And it's just every normal day. Well, that motivation can wane very, very quickly. You know, in many ways, I was reading a report where, and I don't know if it's really a report you can call it, but there were it was just talking and reading about um, where people make all these New Year's resolutions and a lot of people tend to fail after like two or three weeks because the motivation wanes, because they just can't do it. It sounds great on New Year's. I'm going to be a slimmer, better me. And then it comes to actually doing it and it's like, uh, yeah, I think I'm alright the way I am. So you have to believe something better can happen. It's like if you talk to our, our friends who are Donald Trump supporters. For the last eight years when Barack Obama was in the White House, it was all doom and gloom. The world is going to end. It's world is over as we know it. You talk to those same people now because of Donald Trump. They believe something better can happen. 
the great thing about believing things is at some point it doesn't have to be real it doesn't have to be based on substance it can just be a, a dream you have you have this feeling this emotion this deep yearning inside you that something better can happen and a lot of people are celebrating that now because a lot of people who are Donald Trump supporters right now go something better can happen because Donald Trump is president and that that same feeling and emotion was not there when Barack Obama it also works on the flip side there was a lot of people for the last eight years who were Barack Obama supporters and Democrats who thought yes change change we can believe in yes we can yes we can that feeling something better can happen we have Barack Obama as president now all those people are losing their minds because it's like Donald Trump, oh my God, he, he's just the worst. Then the second question you have to ask yourself, and this works no matter what resolutions you make, whether it's something simple like reading a certain amount of books this year or you know, making a certain amount of money or losing weight, whatever your New Year's resolution is, to be a better person. The second question, if you truly believe something better can happen, you've answered the first question. The second question is, are you prepared to pay the price? Because here's the thing no one ever wants to talk about in this world, and I'm hopefully going to change going forward, is responsibility. You know, in many ways, life is like a balance sheet of a company. It is a cost-benefit analysis. Okay, you want to do this, it costs this. You want to, okay, Mr. Company, you want to go advertise on Facebook one ad a day? Okay, that's great. Perfect. We can do that for you. It's going to cost you X amount of dollars. Oh, you want to create this new product, you know, to compete with, I don't know, Apple's iPad. Okay, that's great. It's going to cost you this amount of hours and this amount of money. It's a cost-benefit analysis. And it's, you know, companies go through this in a very factual way and go, yeah, I would love to compete with Apple, but I just can't afford, I haven't got the money and I haven't got the resources and I haven't got the intelligence, the manpower. Okay, then you don't do it. You made a cost-benefit analysis. The same is true of each and every one of us when it comes to New Year's resolutions. I want to do something. I want to lose weight. I want to lose two stone by March. Okay, fantastic. Here's what it's going to take to happen. It's going to take you eating a lot less. It's going to take you going to the gym four or five times a week. It's going to cost you being tired. It will impact potentially on your family life, you know, your wife, your husband, your kids, your parents. It's going to revolve you giving up something. Because well, you're not in the gym four or five times a week right now, so you've got to give something up. Whether that's time with your kids, whether that's time playing golf, whether that's time sitting on the sofa watching sports, whatever that time is, time eating. It's what happens. If you want to be successful and you want to have a New Year's resolution and you're struggling right now because it's around the two or three week phase. So a lot of people are starting to, the motivation is going to wane for some of you who have made New Year's resolutions. Some of you are sitting there going, you know, what was I thinking on January 1st when I said I want to lose weight? This is hard. As someone who constantly tries to lose weight, let me tell you, it is hard. It's not easy. No matter how hard I try. But you have to believe something better can happen. It doesn't have to be based on something real. It has. It can be just an emotion. You know, you you might be forced. 
you know, health reasons might be thinking you have to lose weight or you have to lower your cholesterol or you have to lower your intake or you're going to be a, a diabetic. You know, that can be something better, better happen. But you have to believe it. And the thing about all these goals is about the individual. Because here's the thing. I can believe you can do it. I can say, look, you know what? You can, you can do this. I can believe in you. I can encourage you and say, you, can, you got this. Do it. All it takes is the hard work and for you to push through on it. You can have a family of supporters around you go, come on, you can do this. You can do this. You got this. But if you don't believe, you won't happen. And it's not like some magic pill where it's like, hey, if you just take this and just think this way, you know, just think something better can happen. And it's all sorted. You pass the first hurdle. You can't force yourself to think things you don't believe. It'd be great. In some ways, it'd be great if you could. But then we'd be losing our humanity as well. So that there's a cost-benefit analysis there. But you have to believe something better can happen in your life. You know, to those who are struggling, and I know this pain very first hand as well. You know, some people's New Year's resolution is, I want to find a full-time job. I want to be independent of government. I don't want to live on welfare. I don't want to do the things I'm doing. Well, you have to believe that this year can be different. You have to believe it, and then you have to set out a course that makes it different. Because believing you can make a difference, and believing this can be a different year, and a different outcome that's the first step but the second step is the responsibility what do you have to do to make it that is what we need to start teaching people and we need to inspire people to make those changes we need to inspire a culture that says something different can happen and it's based on something real whether that is the american dream whether that is the entrepreneurial spirit whether that is freedom but something can different can happen because here's the one thing I'll say about each and every one of you listening right now. Each and every one of you has something in common that I see in you and I don't even know you. And that is the potential to do something great. That is something each and every one of us possesses deep within inside our souls. You have the potential to do something great. Now I don't know what that great thing inside you is or those great things are. It might be something really hard that no one will ever see. Like, be the greatest parent you can be. You know, I talk to people in the freedom movement and they go, you know, I wish I could have my own radio show or I wish I could write or I wish I could do, you know, I wish I could be involved in the Tea Party or the 912 Project or I wish I could do all these things. And they're all things people can see. You want to know the most patriotic thing you can do as a parent? To raise a freedom-loving kid? I can think of no more patriotic great duty to yourself to your family to your community and to your country than to raise a freedom loving kid to raise a kid that challenges and questions the status quo can you think of something more patriotic than that others it might be to go set up an organization to set up a to set up a charity to set up you know helping the homeless to help the vets help those who are sick some of you might be through the free market to go i'm going to create this drug that's going to cure cancer but each and every one of you has greatness inside of you You have that potential you have the potential to change the world you just have to believe you can do it
You just have to believe something different can happen. Because I got news for you. The times we're in, each and every one of us has a role to play. But we are called and born at this time. And we are where we are right now. We are here for a reason. We can accept that and move forward. Or we can go, oh, I wish I wasn't born. Or I this, just, this job ahead of us is too hard. And if that's the way you feel, well, over the next couple of weeks and months, I'm going to do my best to put my arms around you and pick you up and go, something better can happen. It's not going to be easy. I'm not going to, I'm not going to muddy coddle you and, you know, give you all this false optimism. I'm not going to say it's easy. The road we face right now is incredibly hard. It's incredibly testing. And it is going to put, pit every one of us in a situation where at some point, each and every one of us most likely will be in a dark room by ourselves going, I just want to give up. I can't do it anymore. At that point, you need someone to say, yes, you can. You have to believe something better can happen. You have to believe that the price is worth it. And when we get back from this break, I'm going to talk to you about how I see America and some of the sacrifices we need to make. Or that I need to make to make it better tomorrow. Because we're at a point in time where it is not a game anymore. This is not a game. This is deadly serious. I've got to take one quick break, America. I'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Freedom versus freebies. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn. On the Blaze Radio Network. Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn. Hi, this is John from Freedom's Disciple Podcast, exclusive to the Blaze Radio Network. The show on the Blaze where you come for the accent, but you stay for the principles and the defense of American exceptionalism. You can check out my show, which is released every Saturday at noon Eastern, for free and available anytime on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn. Available on demand anytime at theblaze.com slash radio. Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on demand on the Blaze Radio Network. Thank you so much for sticking with me, America. That was a quick commercial break. I uh, I retopped up my Vicks, so I'm back ready to go for this next segment. But I truly believe in New Year's resolutions and the idea that you have to believe something better can happen. And I'm going to do my best to encourage and inspire you this year to say, to create that atmosphere that environment that you truly believe and others believe something better can happen but i'm going to do my best with this show to create that environment that's based on substance that's based on reality and what i want to talk to you about for the next few minutes i just want to talk to you about how i see politics in your country i want to share some of my new year's resolutions with you and some new year's resolutions for this show where what i want to do because i've been talking for it seems like several months now about how excited I am and how I'm changing the show and some people have asked questions and what's the plan going forward and I just want to spend a few minutes just giving you where I see things and what I see happening and what how I what my passions are 
But before we can do that, I need to talk to you about politics. Because, honestly, this is in my head, unless something majorly goes right or goes wrong, in my head, this is going to be the last political segment of 2017. And it's only the start of January. Isn't that great? That's one thing you can look forward to. My New Year's resolution, no more politics. Because I just don't care. But I want to be honest with you about your politics. Because as an outsider, I feel a responsibility and a duty to say, hey, America, this is what you're doing right now. And this is what the rest of the world does. And you can decide if you're happy with that course. Right now, in political terms, and I only mean in political terms, you are following the rest of the world. The rest of the world, and let's actually just focus in on places that you know that you'll know: Ireland, England, Europe. Uses for the lack they never you they never really coined this term. I don't think, or maybe some have, and I just haven't heard it. But politics in our country and in England and Europe. For the lack of a better phrase, it's called opposition politics. So what we all do is it starts at the election. And we all go to the people. All these political uh, people, all the political parties. Because in Ireland and England and Europe, we've got more than two. It's not just left and right, the Republicans and Democrats. We have different parties. So if you were set up in a European type of way, it'd be, you'd have the Republican Party, you'd have the Democratic Party, you'd have the Liberal Party, you'd have the Socialist Party. You'd probably have the Conservative Party, the Tea Party, Party, the Libertarians, and then you'd all try and form a government. But what we have is, we all go to the people and we say, I'm going to do this. And from a principled point of view, looking just in, and not looking at what they say, but just looking at the principles behind what they say, they all have the same principles in mind. We're all going to grow government. We're all going to spend more money. We're all going to increase the power and the scope of government and what it should do. Our difference is, is how we do it. So party A might be more focused on like, let me give you some real-life examples. Party A might be in Ireland, might be focused in on, well, do you know what we need? We Ireland needs a booming economy. So what we're going to do is we're going to hire people. And we're going to set up this government, and our government department. In Ireland, it's called uh, on board something. I can't remember. Some board, right, planning board. Um, but basically, all their job is to do is get jobs into Ireland. And it makes me sick. Because you always have these press releases, oh, we, 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 we've just got another thousand jobs. We, we, we've just created another thousand jobs. I'm sorry, what? Last time I checked, government creates no jobs. You happen to sell to a company, Ireland, and they came and created jobs. But they innovated the products, they created the products, and then some people like me or other people bought the products. You did nothing. And then you hear to see the deals that they make. Well, if you come to Ireland, you know, we'll give you this deal. If you set up your headquarters, you'll get this deal. It's crony capitalism at its best. It's people making deals behind the scenes. And the thing about it is, we never get those deals. Like, you know, if I went and said, hey, 
I want to set up a business. I, I will only probably hire two people or one person or no person for the first couple of years. Ah, sorry, no deal for you. But hey, I have a company and it's established and we hire a thousand people. Oh, we'll give you a deal. We'll, we'll do this for you. We'll help you with this and we'll pay for this and we'll give you this tax rate and happy days. That is the world we live in. It's sad. It's crony capitalism. It happens everywhere. Is this starting to sound familiar? This is I'm talking about Ireland, by the way. I'm not talking about any other country. I'm talking about England as well. I'm talking about Europe. But does this sound familiar to you? So we all go to the people. So party A wants to focus on the economy. Party B wants to focus in on, I don't know. You know what the problem is right now in Ireland? It's our infrastructure. Roads and bridges. We need more councils to do more work. We need better roads, better infrastructure. And you know why we're talking about roads and bridges? Do you know what else we need? We need more public transport. You know, there's old people in our community who have to wait 20 minutes to get a bus. So we're, we need more buses. We need more bus drivers. And do you know what else we need? We need, we need, you know what we do? We need to, we need more Lewis's, which is like a tram. So I know in the 1920s there was tram tracks all around Dublin and people got on trams and then we decided, you know, that's just totally stupid and we ripped those tram tracks up and we built roads because people had cars. Well, it's 2017 now. We need advancement. So what we're going to do is we're going to re-rip up those streets again and just make, just, you know, in the middle of the city centre because it just, nothing helps businesses than your streets ripped up in front of you. It's brilliant. It'll help businesses. Trust me. It will. Trust me. You don't need to research this. Just trust me. Building and tearing up streets in the middle of a city to build a tram will help business. Trust me. Other people might say, well, do you know what we need? We need a fairer Ireland. We need a fairer Ireland. We need to get those 1%. And what we need to do is we need a more progressive tax code. Because we have a progressive tax code right now in Ireland where anything you earn over €32,000, you pay 40%. 40, 4, 0. But we need a fairer system. We need, if you earn over 100,000, we take 75% of your money. 80% of your money, 60% of your money. Because we need to redistribute that. Because, you know what, because you, you fat cat, you fat person, you, you know what, you're earning all that money, it's not fair. There's someone over here, you know, who earns nothing or earns 10,000 euro a year. They need help. You don't need it. You don't need it. What are you going to do? Buy another mansion? I'm going to take it and give it to him. Another party then will go, well, you know what? You know what my real passion is? It's healthcare. It's healthcare because, you know, I'm seeing the waiting lists in our public, you know, in our public hospitals and it's just wrong. Uh, we need a better healthcare system because here's what we need to fix our healthcare system. We need more money. It always starts with more money. We need more money. Then we need, no, you know, the person who's running it, they're just doing a really bad job. Fire them. Let's get our person in there. Because I guarantee you this, because even though we're using the same principles, the same systems, the same people, you put my person in there, it'll run better. They won't. But they'll say it will, and people will buy it. And then we go to the election. And we get to that election, and the people vote. Well, I think Party B is what need is needed. Oh, really? I think what party? You know, 
I don't believe in the infrastructure too much. I don't see it too much as a problem. But I'm really passionate about, you know, the, the healthcare. You know, because I might get sick someday, so I want a good public healthcare. Okay, and because it's free. Oh, that's, well, I disagree with both of you. I think, you know, we need to stick it to the rich. We need more. We need a fairer Ireland. And no matter what happens, you no matter who wins, before a vote is cast, you know the exact same who's going to win. Government is going to win. Government's going to have more power. It's going to spend more money. It's going to do more things. And, of course, because government does more things, government will fail at more things. And then we'll have the next election which can be called at any moment, and it'll be the same arguments recycled over and over again. Didn't spend enough money, didn't do enough, didn't have the right person, didn't go far enough. Same excuses cycle. Today it might be on the healthcare industry, tomorrow it might be on infrastructure, tomorrow, the next day it might be on homelessness, but you know the same excuses, they're recycled. You gotta give the, you gotta give the big government people you know, credit, at least they're consistent on global warming, they believe in recycling. Because they recycle their hot air and their ashes and their excuses every time a cycle comes. The biggest thing you need to know about politics over here in Ireland and England and Europe is actually what an American said in public. I think it was Rahm Emanuel. Never let a good crisis go to waste. Never. Or in, in government terms, let me tell you what that means. If there's a crisis, take advantage and get more power and more money. Let's strip more people of their hard-earned money. And let's do more with it. That's what that means. So what happens? We get our new government. People form it. Ever who won the election. Doesn't matter. They're all the same. And we have a term called, which I, I think it should be called, is op opposition politics. Because here's the thing. Over here... We don't, the principle is always the same. Government, 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 government. More money, more money, more money, more money, more money, more money. We all have that principle in common. But when it comes to actual politics of the day, I think a lot of us are just opposition politics. That's all we care about. So if our party wins, whatever our party says, we're all behind. If our party says, yay, we're going to do X, well, guess what? I'm for X. If it says, I'm going to do Y, I'm going to do Y. But if our party doesn't win and our party is in the opposition, well, we're just going to sit back. We're going to say nothing. And then when the government comes in and says, we're going to do party X, we're going to be, because we're not in power and we can't do anything about it, here's our role. Boo! I'm going to release some pamphlets. I'm going to get people riled up. I'm going to have a few rallies and stuff. I'm going to go, party, it does want to do part plan X. Plan X will fail because of duh, 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 duh. And if I was in power, here's what I'd do. Duh, 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 duh. Opposition politics. There is no principles over here in Ireland when it comes to what you stand for. It's incredible. Because there's there is time and there's time and time again you have you'll, it's easy to find all this stuff on any politician Ireland and England and Europe where they'll come out one election cycle and say I'm for X. I'm for X. If we don't do X, it's 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 so critical to the survival of Amer of Ireland. So critical to the survival of Europe. 
And then the next selection cycle, their party changed their mind. They go, Plan X is bad. Bad, I tell you. Bad, bad. Don't ever do it. It will destroy our economy. Because why? Because people, spin doctors, poll testers, they test the mood of the nation. It just so happens, last election cycle, everyone was saying Plan X is the way to go. Politician jumped on board going, hey, I'm going to ride Plan X all the way into into Parliament or into into the presidency or whatever, you know, different terms for people. Or into the prime ministers and to number 10, to Elling Street. I'm going to ride Plan X. If I do the same test in five years and people are saying, we don't like it, we don't want it, we're scared of it, get away from me. Guess what? I'm going to be just the same. <gasps> Plan X scares me. You know. And the thing about it is, the more the poll testers chain tell you, so if they tell you it like they're really scared of it, the, the politicians' language will change. <gasps> it's disastrous for our economy. You know, like Brexit. It was it was hilarious some of the stuff that came out of Brexit. Nine hundred and fifty thousand jobs are gonna be lost. People are gonna lose fifty pounds a week in their pay packet because of Brexit. And the fear mongering, because that, that was obviously those numbers poll tested well. I'm guessing I don't know this inside information. I don't have any inside information, but I'm guessing somebody said, you know, people are okay with losing 10 or 20 pounds a week, but if it gets to 50, they'll go crazy. If you tell people they're going to lose 50 pounds a week, that's the magic number. And then guess what? Politicians saw that and went, happy days, 50 pounds it is. If you vote for breakfast and you leave the European economy, you're going to lose 50 pounds a week in your pay package. Why? Because it poll tested well. That's the way politics works. Has anything I said over the last 12, 13, 14 minutes sounded familiar at all? If I didn't tell you I was talking about Ireland, England and Europe, is there any part of you in any part of what I just said that would kind of go, that sounds familiar, I think. I think we might be living that world right now. And we'll explore that when I come back. I'll be right back, America. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 
you know, your secret safe with me. So the last segment. Anything I said sound familiar to you? Anything you could kind of go, that kind of sounds like America. Does it? So I'm going to be honest with you about your politics. And then I want to tell you what we're going to focus on going forward. I don't know whether it's I'm getting old. Because I feel old at times. I don't know whether it's I'm becoming, you know, I, I could use the hot, you know, I could, I could, I could talk myself up here and go, I don't know whether it's just I'm becoming more principled and I'm becoming a better person. I don't think it is. Or I'm just getting more, my attention span is going down. Or I'm just changing as a person. Or it could be any number of reasons. But I've really lost interest in your politics. Like, dramatically so. I I spent Christmas, I had a great Christmas, by the way. I had a wonderful Christmas. It was something I have never done in a long time. I did nothing for three days. I I mean nothing. Like you think of, John said he did nothing. Well, I wonder what that means. It means nothing. I got up out of bed. I got up in the morning. I did my few little things around the house. I looked at my iPad. I played some games on my iPad. I went downstairs. I ate. I got into the recliner. I watched telly. Eventually, after a couple of hours, I got hungry and I ate again. I stayed in the recliner and watched more telly. I watched old movies. I watched some of my favorite movies. There was a, and I have them recorded to watch again. I can't wait. Um, there was a back-to-back of my two favorite movies of all time on one of the days. The original Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory with Glenn Wilder. Just Gene Wilder, sorry. That's the Vix. If I make any mistakes today, that's the Vix. I'm totally blaming it on that or, or something. And then right after, The Princess Bride. I was in heaven. I just like just sat there and I was like, don't talk to me. Say nothing. Don't care. The world could burn outside. I don't care. I'm busy. I'm watching Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory and The Princess Bride. Back to back. It was just wonderful. It was like paradise. It was just like, huh. When did, it was like, if, if you could create a safe place for someone like me, that's it. Just re-re, just rerun the two of those movies back to back. I'd be in heaven. But over the Christmas, I didn't listen to any news. And the last couple of weeks have just been crazy. And I, I haven't, I've been paying attention. But I haven't paid a lot of attention. Because everything I've seen, quite honestly, freaks me out. Either it freaks me out or annoys me. So... Look at the news of the day over the last couple of weeks. And I'll get back to the politics in a second. I just want to focus on this for a second. The big news in America that I saw. Apparently Megyn Kelly's a traitor. I don't know how. I, I, I don't get that. I'm sorry. You're a traitor for moving companies. Um, for all the my friends on the... On the right, who are going, well, yo, would you work for NBC? I think it was NBC. I think, yeah, it was NBC. Would you work for NBC? No. However, ask me the follow-up question. Would I work with Fox? No. Not a chance. Not a hope of me working for Fox. They wouldn't want me. Um, despite my over overall beauty for TV. I don't know why they didn't contact me for the 9pm slot. You know, look at me. I'm like... Better looking than George Clooney. I would just, you know, if you're just going for the sex appeal, forget the principles and what I'd say. 
If you're just going for the sex appeal and you lost Megan Kelly, I, the first phone call I make is to me. Um, <laughs> um, did I, was that convincing? Did I sell that really well? Did I, was I a good politician there and sold you on my line? Um, but people leave companies all the time. You know, is are we a trader now for not working for the right company? Um, I I don't watch Megan. I have no. I don't know whether she's good or bad. I remember watching her when I used to watch Fox. But uh, when I hear Megan Kelly's left Fox, I'm like, good for her. Happy days. Hope she's happy. Hope she hope she falls over the Constitution one day and reads it and goes, oh, this actually, you know, those old people with crooked teeth and false teeth and slave owners, they knew their stuff. Apparently Tucker Carlson's going into that slot. Good for him. Don't care. What else news had we got? Oh, well, it wouldn't be a, a period of time. You know, it's the start of the year. Pollock, or um, actors deciding, well, we gotta, we got to stand for something. I missed that video where, um, you know, you know, the music. I wish I, I wish I had the audio effect to change, you know, add some music right now. You know, we, we care for America. Us actors... We're the good guys. And you have a right to not vote for Donald Trump for the Electoral College. Do the right thing. You know, and they talk so serious. And so slow. I miss that. Yay. I miss Meryl Streep giving a... a I can't even say what it was because I, I heard about it and I said, oh, I better watch it. I think I got through about 20, 22 seconds of it, and I just wanted to go. My head exploded. That's maybe why I'm sick, because I saw that, and my head just went, my brain just needs to shut down. Just fill your head with all the gunge and snots you can, so you don't have to listen and process what she said. Maybe that's why I'm sick. I was sick before that her gave that wonderful speech, but I'm just giving excuses here. It's the world, it's the world we live in. Make, make up excuses. Um, who cares what a Hollywood actor has to say? It's incredible. You know, just go make your movies. If you got to say something, say it. But don't be so arrogant and condescending and think you know what's right for the world. Have some humility. I know this is a term Hollywood has not got yet. And they should get it because it starts with H. You know, they have things in common. But some humility will be nice. Hey, maybe I don't know everything. And if I do know everything, maybe I'm not going to talk down to you. Um, I did have one offence because I, I, someone told me about this and I do have a major issue with this. Meryl Streep, I'm sorry, you're dead wrong. MMA is definitely a sport, it's definitely an art form and it's wonderful. And by the way, your racist comments are unacceptable and you should never work again. If I was following your rule book. Because even though I don't like the guy, the most popular MMA person right now is an Irishman. Okay, an Irishman. Even though I don't like him and I don't support him, he's an Irish man. You know, when I watch MMA, I don't see a load of white guys fighting. I see a load of people who are not white. And it's kind of obvious they're not white because, well, firstly, by looking at them, they're not white. And secondly, they tend to have a name like, you know, Silva. I'm not saying anything, but just, you know, there's quite a lot of those. And they don't tend to come from America all the time. They come from Brazil. You know, some of those guys who are like 145, 155 pounds, and they just like, they're so quick. They're like, they're like Superman, like they just run around you and just go bang, 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 bang. They're incredible. That is talent, that is art form. And you know what? 
if you had 1% of the dedication those boys have, training, getting up early in the morning, eating properly, trust me, you would respect the hell out of them. What else news did we have? Oh, we had the news this week. All those fun confirmation hearings. And how our friends on the right now think Russia's good. Where we have Tillerson going, yeah, I know he did all those things. I, I found this very funny. I found one thing very funny. His exchange at Marco Rubio it was hilarious. If it wasn't serious, if it was serious, it would not be. It, it would be. It's just so, you either laugh or cry when you see this. Um, you know, the whole, well, Senator, I'm aware of what's in the public record. But you see, you know, for all the plebs out there, there's a secret record back there. You know, we only tell you, and, and governments only tell you, and let you have the information that we want you to believe. But behind the scenes, and I know you're only a lowly senator, so you don't know this, but, you know, behind the scenes, just the truth. That that's, you know, there's two stories that goes out for everything. For journalists that people has killed, for Putin has killed, for opposition leaders. See, there's the, tr there's the truth that no one ever knows. No one ever finds out the truth. It's in the archives behind me. And then, well then, Senator, there's the truth that you and I know. But I'm not going to talk until I hear the truth. Then I'll give my opinion. Uh-huh. The war crimes in Syria. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, but you don't know the truth, Senator. I'll find out the truth, and then I'll give you my opinion. It's, it's incredible. It's the world we live in. So what am I going to focus in on? I've just lost interest in politics. I can't honestly defend or attack any what's going on. I, I'm, I'm sick of the game of... Honestly, I'm sick of politics being WWE. I'm sick of politics where we all get morally outraged over stuff. You know, I look at what the left are doing right now and... When I see what the left do generally in America, I bang my head against a brick wall or I have or have a really strong temptation to. But I, I, I'm just sick of the games because to me it is glorified WWE. And by what I, by when I say WWE, what I mean is it's all a show. What you see in front of that curtain is one set of events and what you see behind the curtain is a different set of events. Because... You have two people, or three people, or four people fighting, however how many it is. And you have the good guy, and you have the bad guy. The good guy wants to get the cheer from the crowd, the bad guy wants to get the boo. And we all walk down to that ring, and we're all so tough. I'm going to beat you, I'm going to destroy you, I'm going to beat you within an inch of your life. Because I want, I want the title, or I want revenge, or you screwed me, or I want the girl, or whatever the storyline is. And then, you know, we get into that ring and we're all serious. You know, we act like we hate each other. And then at different times during the WWE, we'll get the chairs. And I will beat you and I will hit you so hard with the chair. I will put you through a table. I'll hit you with a ladder. I'll, I'll hit you with a barbed wire baseball bat to show the people how much I hate you. How much I want to destroy you. And then we walk to the back. And then we're all buddy-buddy. And beers together go, that was a great match, wasn't it? That was a really great back and forth we had. You know, we had you know, we had them eating out of the palm of our hand. You know, when I said I hate you and I'm gonna destroy you and beat you into your life, and then you said, Just bring it, the crowd had that up, it was great, wonderful. 
That's what politics is. So here's what I want to do for this year. I don't want to talk politics. I don't want to get into the who should be Secretary of State. Donald Trump is president in five days, four days, six days, whatever it is. Whenever he's president. He's president. Gets the same benefit of the Bush guy. He gets the same benefit of the Obama guy. And you'll get the same benefit of the next president will get. I wish him well. I hope they all fall over the Constitution. I, you know what? If, 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 if That's the only way I can say it. I hope a lot of people in America fall over the Constitution and go, Oh, what was this? Pick it up and read it. And then all of a sudden, wisdom is imparted on them. That's all I can hope. Politics. I have no interest in defending you know, because the other thing is, and, I, and while I don't agree with a lot this person says, I have no reason to think he's a bad guy. By most accounts, he seems to be a decent guy, Jeff Sessions. This running through the hill where we spend so much political capital. The left defend, uses it to attack him. He's a racist, he's this, he's that. He's just a horrible, mean person. And then the right does it, and all they do is defend him. And we just spend so much time talking about personalities. So going forward, what am I going to do? Well, I've been doing a lot of research over the last three, four months since I took my hiatus in October. And I have a book of shows that I want to share with you. And I'm going to share over the coming weeks and months. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to focus in on principles. It's what I've done from the start. But how I present them is just going to be different. There's going to be no mention of politics. There's going to be no mention of, well, this is... Donald Trump said this, and Hillary Clinton said this, and, and Paul Ryan said this, and Harry Reid said this. There's going to be no mention of that. I don't plan on mentioning any politics for this foreseeable future. Because it's not where my passion is. It's not what I enjoy. And it's, you could argue this at a different level. It's not what I'm good at. Then you have to raise the question with John. What are you good at? I don't know. Um, I don't know. But what I'm going to try and do is share principles that are eternal. What are these principles that I'm passionate about? Well, let me give you some that I'm going to do. I want to talk to you about your constitution in a whole new light. I want to talk to you about the history of America. I want to talk to you about different stories at different times. Because there's so much in your culture that I don't think a lot of people understand. A lot of little stories, a lot of big stories, but things that you just say. So let me give you an example of a story I've been working on that I'm going to share. Not today, just giving you a bit of a spoiler alert for future shows. Everyone in this America knows the saying, oh, you're just a Benedict Arnold. How many people do you know who use that saying, actually know what it means, and the history of it? I'm betting not as many people as you might think. So I'm going to share that story down the road. I'm going to share stories of just... The one thing I want to do on the story front is... I want to share stories that of everyday people doing extraordinary things. So there's a story I'm working on that I shared with a few people... Um, to get feedback. and to Because I felt they needed it recently. was How women doing laundry helped win the Revolutionary War. Did you ever hear that story? people I told it to hadn't. I thought everyone knew this story.
but apparently it's not. It's not well known. Or it maybe it is known. Maybe you're all sitting there going, I know that story! Great. Well, I'm going to give you that story down the road. I want to talk to you about economics. Economics is my passion because I love economics. Economics is it's a very simple subject made very complicated by a lot of people because it sells books. You know, X plus Y equals this. Great. Simple. Economics is very simple. Just break it down. And I'm going to try and break down economics to you in a way that's simple, in a way that you'll understand and hopefully you will appreciate. But for the main reason is I believe in free market economics. I believe in it as a principle. I believe in it it's the right thing to do. And I believe it's had the most success of any system, economic system in the world. We're living the benefits. But we're not following a free market system anymore. And the last thing, actually not the last thing because I have a lot of other things I want to talk to you. But one of my last passions I want to give you a spoiler alert on is I've been doing a lot of reflecting over the last couple of months. And one issue I want to talk to you about in depth, in depth, is poverty. Because how we operate in poverty and how we treat people in poverty is shocking. It's shocking. And the way the politicians act make me want to despise them even more. We need to, I'm going to, you know, spoiler alert, if you need a safe space or you need a trigger warning, go there now. We need to change the way we deal with things from a scriptural point of view. For far too long, poverty internally and overseas has been dealt with one way. Let's give people fishes. Let's just give them a fish. We won't worry about the consequences of us giving them a fish because, hey, we're noble and good. We gave them a fish, right? We're good people. And forgetting about the consequences on the ground. We need to start teaching people to fish. Now, John, you might be thinking, well, what's the bad consequence of me giving someone a fish? That's a good thing, right? John, charity is good. Is there a bad side to charity? Yeah, there is. And I'm going to share the stories with you, but I'll give you another spoiler alert. And there's many of these cases, but I'm going to give you one. Haiti. All the people, through governments, through private funding, through everything, gave Haiti a load of rice. And still do to this day. There's no end day. It's like a government program. It just never ends. Yeah, I know you have a problem for six months with rice when the disaster hits. But we're still there giving rice. America is still there giving rice. But John, we're just giving people rice. What's the big deal? Uh huh. All the Haitian farmers who were rice, had crops as rice, are now gone. Why? Well, let me give you this in simple economic terms that everyone should understand. You're an average person, you're an average Haitian, and you need rice to feed the dinner. You have two choices. You can go to the shop, and you can buy the Haitian rice that was groomed and um, grown by the Haitian farmer down the road. And you can pay cash for that. Or you can go to the next shop, or the shop down the road. And it's rice grown by an American. And it's free. Which do you choose? 
So we're going there giving, doing acts of charity. And all we are doing is effectively is enslaving another farmer, putting him out of business, making him more dependent on charity, on governments. We are making people dependent. The way we deal with poverty, and I would never use the slavery word because slavery is just a whole different connotation. But the way we treat poverty today in this world, honestly, it's making people servants of the state. And what's even worse is, as I've been doing research on this, is the way we talk about those people. We go make people servants of us, so they're dependent on us, and then we expect them to thank us. It's really sickening. And it's making my blood boil. But I also want to talk to you about poverty because as someone who hasn't, I understand poverty. I can talk about it all day long. I grew up relatively poor. I didn't need anything. I never had a want for anything or a need for anything. I was covered. But we've never been mega rich. Never had anything. We've we struggled to put you know food on the table a couple of times. I live as a person who has not a full-time job. A full 40-hour week guaranteed in a job since 2011. That's five years. I can talk to you about poverty. And while politicians would look at me and they would hear that and they would go in their head going, oh, what, what, what can we do for John? You know, if they didn't know my politics. What can we do for John? What government program can we set up? What money can we get him? What welfare can we get him? What, what, what can we do? I'm going to do that my best to make the case that you need to do nothing. You need to get the hell out of my way. I don't need welfare. I need opportunity. And so do millions of others. Because here's the last thing I want to talk to you about over a period of time. Because here's the truth of the matter. And here's where I'm going to lay some very, very serious truth to you. You know, we are playing a game right now. And everyone acts, especially the politicians and those around D.C., we act like we're in Vegas on the, the five-cent slot or, the, you know, the, the, the nickel slots. And we're just there like the grannies. You know, the, you know, you see the pictures of them. You know, they have like a, an old egg container or a, a pot plant uh, container. And they're there with their box of nickels. And they're just going into the thing, pull the handle. Oh, I didn't win. Go. Thing. That's the way we're all acting. We all think this is a game. We think this is a game. That we're playing nickel slots. When in reality, we are at the highest rolling table ever. This is the world we live in. Because I want to create an opportunity for others. I want to live in a world where my, if I had kids and I had grandkids, they could be freer than ever before. This is not a game. Our future is at stake. I find it unacceptable that there are people out there that have to emigrate to get jobs. I find it unacceptable that there are people who just think, especially the young people of today, that, you know what, the way we have it right now, this is as good as it gets. Who have no hope. I find that I don't care what your politics is. Left, right, top, bottom, in the middle. If you think there's no hope in the future, we need to have a serious conversation. We are playing at the highest rolling table you can get. Because freedom is at stake. For us, 
for each and every one of us, but also for our kids, for our grandkids, and for those yet unborn. That is what we are playing for. And over the last period of time, I've done so much self-reflection, and I think freedom is at stake. This is the highest rolling table, and you want to talk to me about Megyn Kelly being a traitor? You want to talk to me about what some stupid, and I rarely say that, some stupid Hollywood actress has to say about MMA or how she acts? Thanks, but no thanks. I'm going to do my best to make the case for everything I believe made America exceptional. Not great, exceptional. I'm going to make the case why you're unique. And I'm going to make the case in the hope that you listen, you act, and you share it. Because here's the last thing I'll say, and then i got to take one last break. I can't point to America right now as the shining city on a hill. Right now in 2017. I haven't been in truth, I haven't been able to do it for a very long time. You, If you've listened to this show for a while, you know what I stand for, what I believe. You think I could do that with Obama? Oh, I got a pen and I got a phone. Yeah, that's the person you want to follow. The person who pretends to be a dictator, who breaks the law, who flaunts it in everyone's face and the media stays silent. You think I want to say, that's America, that's the country I love, that's the country I defend 24-7 every way I can to everyone in America, to everyone overseas. That's the country I want to point to the shining city on the hill? No, please. Oh, well, you know, that's because John, that's because Obama is a Democrat. The Republicans are so much better. You think I can point to George Bush? Mr. I got to destroy the free market to save the free market. You think that's who I want to point to? You think I want to point to the person who said, you know what? I know we've had this horrific act in 9-11, but you know the solution? The solution is the Patriot Act. You think I'm going to point to that and say, that's the, that's the country you want to be. You see, everyone, America is the greatest country in the world, but this is the country you want to follow. Who says, I know we have a Fourth Amendment, but hey, who, who cares? Let's go to Utah and let's set up this huge, complex structure that spies on our own citizens. Oh, well, you know, that's just because you lived in the 2000s, John. If you went back further, okay, let's go back further. Bill Clinton. Oh, the guy, you know, I'm going to point to Bill Clinton, the guy who, I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Are you serious? Or how about I go back to, you know, good old daddy. Well, you know, no more tax cuts. And then I got into parent. <laughs> I lied. You think I'm going to point to him? I can point to Reagan, but then you go before that. Who, who before Reagan am I going to point? Reagan was the exception, not the norm. You think I'm going to point to Carter? You think I'm going to point to Jimmy Carter? Going, That's the president you want to follow. That's the system of government you want to follow. You think I'm going to Gerard Ford? Oh, well, i got to pardon the last president for his incre incredibly corrupt ideas and what he did on Watergate. That's what I'm going to do. Or about Mr. Tricky Dicky himself. You think I'm going to point to him? Or how about LBJ? How about, you know, we got to have the war on poverty and we got to spend all this money enslaving people and then we're going to tell people how great we are. Yeah, no. Or how about JFK? 
while he was decent president, he was also the guy who brought the sleaze to the White House. You want me to keep going back? You want me to keep going back? You want me to start talking about good old Theo the teddy bear? You want me to talk about Woodrow Wilson? You want me to talk about FDR? You know that great president. He, was, he saved us. He, he saved us during World War II. Yeah, he was also the president who, while fighting a country for interning a part of its citizenship, interned part of its citizenship, you want me to talk about that? And say, that's the country you want to emulate? Or how about, I, that's just a president, how about I talk about, oh well, you know, Mr. Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell, what a great upstanding citizens they are. You want me to point to them and say, that's the signing city on a hill? Or John Boehner, well, we're only one half or one third, what do you want me to do? Oh, where's Happy R? You want me to point to him? You want me to point to Harry Reid and Nancy Pelosi? You want me to point to Tip O'Neill? You want me to point to, I'm Trent Loss. And I'm an ethical Republican, and now I'm on K Street. And I'm going to defend Russia. You want me to. Who exactly do you want me to point to? Because here's the thing when you get people, even Ronald Reagan, and I love him dearly, and I think he was one of your better presidents, made mistakes. Truly a guy I admire, he inspires me, but he isn't perfect. None of us are. And I know some people who listen to this show who don't like me and hate me would say, well, do you think you'd do any better? I don't ever want to be president. I have that much self-reflection that says I'd make a dreadful president. I don't want my policies to be known or my principles to be known. I want principles that are eternal to be known. And that is the case I am going to try and make over the coming weeks and months. i got to take one last break, America. I'll be right back. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn. Hi, this is John from Freedom's Disciple podcast, exclusive to the Blaze Radio Network. The show on the Blaze where you come for the accents you stay for the principles and the defense of American exceptionalism. You can check out my show, which is released every Saturday at noon Eastern, for free and available anytime on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play Music. Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn. Available on demand anytime at theblaze.com slash radio. is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on demand. Thank you so much for sticking with me, America. I'm sorry the last segment went a bit long. You know, I, there's a friend of mine who listens to um, I'm involved with different projects and, and he listens to this show all the time and he's like, you know, you do realize you have an hour. It's like, my, this podcast is supposed to be an hour a week. And he, he always rips me, he goes, dude, you know, if you're on radio... The last 7, 8, 10, 12 minutes of your show, we just cut. Um, I, I just can never get under an hour. And when I get wind, wound up like I did last segment of all the things I want to talk to you about, because I've got a book. Literally, I have a book of, of monologues and shows I want to do. And I don't want to explain principles to you. But I just want to share a couple of things with you before we finish up for today. And I want to share just some things I think needs to happen in America. 
Because the truth about America is, I love your history. I love your people. Your politics and the way you act when it comes to politics, some of you, I don't like. I can't point to your politics and go, that's the shining city on a hill. In many ways, I see you for what you have been and what you can be, not what you are. And I am 100% with you in the fight to make you a better country. Because here's the truth. Even though things are bad right now, and this has nothing to do with politics or who's president or who's not president, I still believe your best days are ahead of you. But if those things are to happen, if those days are to come, certain things I think needs to happen, and I want to share a couple of those things with you. There's only three, and then I want to finish up by sharing a really cool short story with you. First thing that I think needs to happen. I think Christians and Jews who make up the vast majority of the population in America, we need to be leaders by example in our society. Because I see many people today who go, I can be a leader, but all I can talk is words. And we can all talk a good game. And we can talk about the gospel. And that's really important. But we must be the generation that are not defined by words, but we are defined by our actions. We need to be better people. I think the second thing we need to do is, and I'm going to, I have several shows as a plan lined up for this, is we need to take back certain narratives from both politics and of left and right. Because here's the truth neither side owns a certain narrative. Because let me give you an example, just a short one. If I talk to you about free, you know, love right now and loving one another, what will come to mind? In certain, in quite a chunk of people, it comes to my mind, which is sad. It will always be, when you talk about love and loving one another, you'll think of free love, you'll think of the hippies, you'll think of the 60s. We need to get to a point where, you know, when we talk about loving and being a better person and loving each other and supporting each other, that some people will think of Christ and his call for how we are called to act, how to be a good Christian, how to treat each other. And it was a great quote I read the other day in my daily scriptures. It was like, you know, just because we come from ashes and dirt, and just because we will eventually return to ashes and dirt, doesn't mean that in the middle of our life, and the dash is that we can treat each other like ashes and dirt. And I think that's so true. We need to take back certain narratives. And I want to talk to you about some of those narratives, and it's from both sides. Because... I'm, for one, I'm sick of the, well, if you have this opinion, you're good and you're just and you're morally right. But if you have this opinion, you're a traitor. Or if you do this, you're a traitor. And lastly, following on from what I said about poverty, is we need to redefine the American dream. And it's not really redefining it, it's bringing back its original meaning. Because right now, I see people thinking American Dream is about winning. Well, we won, didn't we? I had a really frightening conversation the other day in a project, not nothing to do with the Blaze, but an outside project that I'm involved in. And this person acted a certain way during the election, and their justification for it was, well, it, you know, it's just the way it is. You know, it was politics. It's, you know, I can act any way I want because it's politics, and we we have a job to do. It was all about winning. 
It's all about getting attention. It's all about getting our 15 minutes of fame. It's all about money. It's all about how many, how much material stuff we own. Well, you know, I have two cars. Well, I have three. Well, how many holidays did you take last year? Oh, we only had two. Oh, that's a pity. We had four. And how many rooms was in your house? I got six. Oh, that's so small. Six. How do you survive in six bedrooms? We have ten. Huh. All this material stuff. How many computers do you have? For me, and this is only my opinion, my American dream has nothing to do with winning. has nothing to do with money. has nothing to do with material things. I'm not a materialistic person. If I got my American dream, which this year is the 13th year, by the way, so I'm hoping something better will happen this year. I believe it will. I'm confident this might be the year I might get to spend some more time in America. And we'll have details about that in the next couple of months, God willing. But my American dream has nothing to do with winning money or how much material things I own or how big my house is. I can tell you right now, if I got my American dream, I can tell you exactly in my life. I would be in a one-bedroom apartment with a car that could, tra decent car that could travel, a computer, an iPad, a few books, a few pictures, and that's it. I don't have any desire for material things or money. I don't ever say, you know, if I could get to America, I'll be a millionaire or a billionaire. Don't have any interest. I just give all my money away. My American dream is about opportunity. My American dream is about breaking that glass ceiling that says anything you want to do, you can do it. It's about breaking that glass ceiling that we spoke about in the first segment of the show about New Year's resolutions. You have to believe something better can happen. My American dream is about telling anyone, hey, you know what? There is no glass ceiling. You can do anything you want. Just like Emma Lazarus said, give me your tired, your weak, and your huddled masses. You may look down on people saying, Haha, they can't do anything. But you come to America, we'll give them opportunity. They can do anything. It's about saying to a kid, you know what? When you grow up, you really can do anything. Because Americans have been doing anything they wanted. And having those dreams for 200 plus years, you can have the same dreams. It's about sharing those dreams with the rest of the world. Where you can break those the chains of government. You can break the chains of socialism, Marxism, progressivism, or whether you want to go all the way back to Aristotle and call it statism. You can be a free individual. You can control your destiny. These are principles that I call the American dream that are rooted, deeply rooted in the traditional American dream. Not the American dream of 2016 or 2015 or 2000 or 1980 under Reagan, but the traditional American dream that was founded in 1776 and then earlier on the pulpits in America. This is the American dream for me. If we do those three things over the next year, two years, three years, four years, when it comes to the next decade, we will be in a better place. But if we don't, I fear you'll be even more like Europe. And that is a scary, scary thought of someone who lives in Europe. I want to finish up today's show. I hope you've really enjoyed it. I hope it's given you something to think about. You know the way we do things around here. We finish up the show the same way each and every week. And it's for a reason. Firstly, because I reject the notions that of people who think there are no heroes in society. I salute those who are heroes. Who 24-7 do things that are, most people could never dream of. 
we salute the police, we salute the firefighters, we salute the emergency personnel, and we salute your vets, the people who fight for freedom 24-7, who risk it all each and every day for a better society. And lastly, I do say the last thing I say each and every week, because for me, if I do nothing else with the air in this show, and you totally forget everything I've said that we've spoken about regards New Year's resolutions, about your politics, about Europe, and about how I see the future of this show going, if you've forgotten about that already, and you only take one thing from the show each and every week, it's this. It's me brainwashing you in a way. America is good, is great because Americans are good. America is great because Americans are good. That is a crazy Irish guy trying to brainwash you each and every week to say this, to believe this, and to act it. Because truly, America is great. Not because of your politics, not because, regardless of who it is, not because of your presence, not because of your Supreme Court, but because of each and every one of you. Each and every one of you has greatness inside of you. You just have to find it, believe it, and do it. Until next week, America, Godspeed and God bless America. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. 